Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to this week's edition of the Digital Shop Radio. I'm Dorsey, and today we've got a great episode. We're doing an Ask Us Anything edition episode uh, with the expert panel of experts. And so I want to welcome back John Long from Shirts Automotive, Adam Benchik from Pro Services Automotive, and Uva Kleinschmidt, our founder and CIO. Three of our four experts on our expert panel of experts. We still miss Bill Connor. And Bill, if you're watching or listening, we miss you, buddy. Hope to talk to you soon. But let's dig right in. So if you remember from last week, you know, we were talking with JR and Fred and we were going through some KPIs and some analysis in the VCP. And we got a lot of feedback on that. People wanted to see a little bit deeper. So we're going to start you off today. Uva's going to kick us off and we're going to pick it up from there. And we're going to talk about what are we looking for? What are we looking at? And what do we do with what we find? Uh, and we're going to go through maybe some KPIs that you're not used to using yet or you haven't discovered yet in your business control panel and give you some insights on what that for you. So let's get it started. Again, welcome, gentlemen. Appreciate you coming on. Looking forward to a lively show. And if you've got questions, go ahead and start chatting them in. Uh, we're going to cover, you know, again, it's an Ask Me Anything episode. I mean, we kind of want to keep it close to PG as much as possible. But, you know, nothing's off the table. So, if you know, if you're interested in, you know, what Adam's favorite flavor of lollipop is or how long John Long's been growing that beard, <laughs> knock it out, right? Chat away, and I'll keep uh, keep my eye on those chats, and we'll get those questions answered live for you on the air. Let's get started, Uva, if you could, and uh, let's dig into some data. Bubblegum, by the way, Tom. Oh, yeah, Bubble yeah. yeah. Gum. Bubblegum. Lollipops are for kids. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all kids? Um. Good morning. Um, happy to pick it up where we left it off. It was really interesting last week. The moment we started showing some KPIs and graphs of uh, JR's shop, all of a sudden the chat became super lively. So we thought, um, let's pick it up there. And um, if you remember, um, and I'm going to share my screen now and hope technology is going to support me. Let me know whether you can see it. So this is Concourse Motors JR's shop. And we were talking about how back shop and front office work together and how to measure it. And, and, and so we talked about number of recommendations given by the tech and then the estimate to recommendation rate, meaning how many of those recommendations the techs are making actually land on the estimate? And last but not least, how many of those get sold, right? And um, don't be discouraged by his high AO. Um, he is a European shop. <laughs> He's <laughs> an European shop, right? So there is some, there's the, the reference line, uh, it should be, 700 at least up, uh, but we're not talking about the absolute number. We're going to look at trends and, and correlations. And so the theory is encourage the techs to make as many recommendations. They show up on the TVP and the service advisor presses their work order update button, at least for the point of sales where we support it. And 
Adam and John use Protractor, the same um, point of sale JR is using. And then 100% of the recommendations are on the estimate by one button press. And so we checked out and saw, if you remember, his estimate to recommendation rate was 25%, which is extremely low. So something is not right. So was there a step missing in setting it up? Is there some hidden procedure the service advisor is doing, um, which is not per best practice? So we want to uh, dig in a little bit. And I want to yeah, show of really quick. Yeah. What would mm -hmm. be a good estimate to recommendation rate? If twenty five percent is really low, what where, what's the ballpark? Um, I'd say minimum sixty. Hundred percent is probably not possible. There's always a, an outlier, um, but. I mean, if you want to start and have a good starting line, 60% should be it. And, it, and, and why is it all important? Are we just, you know, try to hammer a procedure with no value just to follow a process? It's really interesting. Let me zoom in a little bit here on the BCP um, for JR. You can see when you look at this October 11th week, right? His AO is 962, uh, beating his goal, which is Rachel Lowe. I think that's a that's a hint for Shaney maybe to talk to JR. Um, the sales to estimate rate, 55%, great. Estimate to recommendation, better than JR's average. And the number of recommendations, six per vehicle. Six is kind of at the lower end. The point I'm trying to make is, if you look at the whole correlation across the board, you see the ARO is suffering if one of those components is not high, right? If everything comes together, like, like here or here, right? If everything is kind of in a balance, you're scoring an awesome AO, right? If that should be the takeaway, right? It is all about establishing a good process where the recommendation, recommended actions sales to estimate rate or estimate to recommendation rate and sales to estimate rate are in the exact right balance. And, and, really, and so that's really going to give you an indication if, you know, the front and the back are gelling, right? Right. And, and, and so let's take it to the next level. So what are the options here? Why this is not such a great estimate to recommendation rate? I mean, any guesses? The 47%? The, the 25. Yeah, because... But this means only a quarter of yeah. the recommendations made by the technicians, which are service packages in this case, right? Because it's protractor, make it to the estimate. 
right? If I, as a technician, look at this and say, why am I putting all this work in? So what, so what are potential options why this is not 60% um, or higher? Yeah, I mean, I think even 60% is, can kind of be low as well. But I agree. <laughs> you have to have a, like a barometer to go off of. So ours is generally right around 80% plus or, <clears throat> excuse me, plus or minus a little bit. And um, case in point, yesterday I was, um, bid note, control arm bushings and ball joints. We have two separate uh, can jobs that are in the inspection for each one of those individual things. But then as we would know, you know, you might as well just replace the whole control arm. So then it's one job. So in that case, the technician marked two things, and then we ended up selling just one item. And if I was going to be really anal about it, I could go back to the inspection and uncheck one or whatever it might be. Right. But those are the things that kind of bring our percentage down a little bit. But I still think even with that stuff, 80% should almost be your goal. Um, try to hit that or go higher. Right. Yeah, that 300% rule, right? You're yeah, right. I mean, I agree. Yeah, exactly what Tom was just bringing up. <laughs> what, you know, Frank Scandura points out, you know, the 300% rule, estimate 100% of everything, um, you know, and then, you know, present 100% of everything uh, to the customer uh, on that. Um, but yeah, it sounds like maybe they don't have a canned job set up properly, or they could be doing uh -huh. what Adam's doing, not deleting the, you know, if you have two that are jobs that are kind of combined into one when you sell it, you know, not deleting the second one out. Um, but I, I would suspect probably canned jobs aren't set up properly um, would be what I would think. Yeah, and Bill Connor in the chat is agreeing, said canned jobs not being used, using different right. job than the text selected and not editing yeah. it. Um, so, so, so for everybody, I, I really want to make that point, right? It's not necessarily a fault of any person, right? This is, I just picked one topic of JR's inspection sheet for drive belts, right? He has two can jobs for all those many conditions. So, so there's a high likelihood that the number of can jobs slash service packages is just not high enough to account for all the different conditions which can happen during the inspection. So what happens more often than not is the service advisor looks at the condition and creates a, a service package by themselves, right? Instead so, of saving it as a canned package and then Correct. In, 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 into inspection sheet. It into the inspection. Well, exactly. that's, that's absolutely a, you know, not to knock on it, but that's actually absolutely a setup issue. Um, I mean, the yeah. technicians, like, they select at our place, they just select the condition. They're not going over the recommended action and si right. sifting through there. It's all, you know, set up ahead of time. So uh, for JR, you know, as his example, not an easy fix because it takes some time to get those jobs on there, right. but it's it's once it's fixed, the solution going from 25 to 80, 90 plus percent will yeah. happen overnight for him. Yeah, don't get me started on the easy fix because it's not an easy fix. <laughs> it's not an easy fix. But it's worth so you know, it is. It is. while. It is. The spoon, right? So, say again. I said it's easier than digging a ditch with a spoon. Uh, I don't know about that. I sit in with, you know, Gatorade next to you at least or something. I mean, so, we, so, John and I have both spent a lot of time doing that. Like, and I, 
right. would, I know he would say it's worthwhile. Yes, it's a tedious task that takes a, a bit of time, obviously, but um, it's something that you do hopefully one time, adjust it periodically, and you're not having to hammer it out repetitively. Right. Correct. So just for the audience to compare, so this is uh, John's um, same KPIs. Let's see, which the same, is this one? Uh, the 3009. Okay, that's our, yeah, that's the older shop, okay. Yes, and, and you can see, right, the um, estimate to recommendation is 89% uh, on average. And uh, um, also the technicians do like 10 more recommendations per vehicle, right? So John, you must have um, created a, a process in your shop where the technicians embrace that uh, tremendously. And then the sales estimate rate is about 44%, which I consider extremely high given the fact that so, so many recommendations make it to the estimate, right? And then um, if we look at uh, Adam's shop, um, very similar estimate to recommendation rate, 81% over the last 90 days, 13 recommendations on, on average. And interesting, Adam, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us, there is in the last 90 days, a, a tremendous shift from, um, upwards. Um, what happened and then sales to estimate rate 51 percent right those are the numbers um which really embody what we like to uh, recommend and, and so yes it's tedious to set it up but would you gentlemen mind um talking about how many service packages did you end up defining once the concept has been embraced in addition to what you had before and and how did you introduce that in your shop what was the the um response by technicians as well as service advisors and real quick i want to add in a couple of questions from the audience to sergio garcia is asking you know is it possible for the general service text to build a strong and accurate estimate that we not only import the recommendations, but the micro URLs for any actions that were deferred. Uh, if you could address that. And also Tony Funnenberg is saying as a, as a Mitchell team user, it seems that we should go through all, all of our can jobs that are used in kits to assure that when the kit is sold, it has the same can job in, in auto vitals. So if you can just kind of address that as, as well as how you guys kind of got set up and um, you know, the around that. Yeah. Um, could I start with Sergio's question kind of from there and then it'll probably lead into the other one a little bit? Yeah, of course. Oh, I'm so, sorry, Tony. It's not Mitchell team. It's Max Tracks. Yeah, she put MT strange. and I was just, you know, first thing that came to hit. <laughs> so, um, for the general service text, I think absolutely. I mean, you still have to have the production manager, service advisor, whatever your shop setup is on the back end that is somewhat auditing that because they're going to be probably talking to the customer anyway. But literally with this can job set up properly and then depending on what your point of sale system is those can jobs come over and if you have the pricing set up appropriately in the point of sale system with um little placeholders for air filters and wiper blades and different things like that that are just kind of like a flat line price through your vendors 
there's 90%, if not more of the stuff that's on our inspection that is pre-estimated just with the click of updating the work order from the technician's inspection. I mean, it's almost turned into where editing the inspection, adding your you know arrows, your notes, whatever might not be there already um, is almost building the estimate for you because you're choosing the right can jobs if they didn't, but in reality, they, you know, it pre-fills in the can job that the, based on the condition. So it's, it's building the estimate as the tech is doing the inspection in my mind. Yeah. Um, I would have to agree with that. You know, I know you've asked the question, how many jobs did we end up with? I have no idea how many we ended up with over what was originally in protractor, um, or even just any system. I, you know, it's, if we see a need for a job, we add it, um, just plain and simple. You know, it's a, our inspection's a living document, just like our management system or canned jobs are their living documents. We, we add them as we kind of go um, and add, add them in there. So yeah, it's, that's the key is just continually setting up and not, not just doing it once and forgetting about it. Because if you add jobs over the course of a year and you don't add them to your inspection, then that does you no good. And can you and, address, and, oh, I'm sorry, John. Go ahead. Um, John, how did you, I mean, the tax and the service advisors were on board immediately or, well, or yeah, how was there some infighting no, going on? No, I would say they were all on board immediately just because of the ease of the use of the system once it's set up. Okay. You know, if you don't have it set up properly, then you can have some... I guess, disagreements between the front and the back, um, but just because of the ease of the use when it's set up, like Adam mentioned earlier, you, our tech select a condition and it automatically selects the action. You know, so that's eliminating some steps there. And then when we bring everything over, it's already, it's already there. So, I mean, it's just a very easy way to do it with canned jobs, you know, especially with Protractor. I know some of the other systems are very similar, but you know, canned jobs are, just make everything so simple and easy. <laughs> so, so if you talk a little bit about how you maintain that so we talked about yeah there's some work in the front to get it done but then what now what happens when you need to add a new can job you need to adjust a can job that's existing because i think this happens right is i might i'm super busy i go in and i fix it in the point of sale what do i have to do to make sure that it updates the auto vitals and and kind of what's your time frame around that well, I know there's a, you know, for Protractor, there's a button that says, you know, update our can jobs. And it's usually 15, 20 minutes after that, we can go in there and update the inspection, or you can wait overnight and it does it automatically. You know, myself and, you know, pretty much my, my right-hand man, you know, Edgar, that uh, helps me in, implement things, you know, him and I are constantly updating the, that inspection, um, usually two or three times a, day, a week. You know, this morning I went in and updated a couple things in it just because I saw some things that I wasn't liking. Um, so I, I changed a few things around on it. Uh, so it's just a matter of just constantly doing it and not forgetting about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be built into the process that you have to do that update. You don't want to build a bunch of stuff in the point of sale that you're not adding over here. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then you just start using it less cause it doesn't, you know, now the service writer has a whole bunch of workarounds to make his estimate and then he just stops. And yeah. And then it's, it's really important that you keep it up to date. Yeah, and just kind of almost what Bill mentioned in the chat is anytime we see a technician that has to manually type something in, um, 
we create a can job for it, you know, or if we get a technician saying, Hey, do we have a can job for this somewhere in there? And then we look in a protractor and see if it's there. And then if it is, we add it to our inspection. If it's not, we, you know, we add it to protractor, then add it to our inspection, you know, because the, the less work they have to do, the, the, the more recommendations they're going to make because it's quicker and easier for them. Mm -hmm. And do the tech trigger that process and say, hey, I had to type too much? Or, or is that your lunch and learn feedback? Or how does it work? No, they, they're oh, constantly yeah. sending us chat messages in. And, you know, that's part of the, the process with that we have with them is to say, hey, if you guys see something that's not there, send us a message and we'll get it to add it immediately. You know, and that's just part of our process. It's not a, you know, wait a week later, then we talk about right. it because yeah. people are going to forget about it a week later. They may write it down or they may send it in and I may write it down and who knows what's going to happen. It's a, it's immediate action for us. Oh, and yeah. that's empowering to the team, right? Accountability goes both ways. Right. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a combined effort in some of that for us where the technician is you know, sending a message just like John is, but then too is like the tech is still picking like a recommended action because I still want them to have something on there so that the notes and the URL and everything gets carried over to the work order. And from there, if that package doesn't match what they're actually calling for, the service advisor will see it too. Cause they'll be like, why are they saying like suspension general service? And this is like an exhaust thing that's needed or whatever it might be. I mean, that's maybe completely off the wall, but those notes coming over, if the package that they're trying to estimate doesn't match what the tech is calling for. I mean, that's another opportunity for the service advisor to catch it too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Sergio Garza is saying that they build the capacity to personalize those can jobs. An example would be oil change versus service A. And the pricing and the parts match. Uh, it's less work for the service writer. And also, I've got a question from Jake Decker, and he's saying, would you recommend having multiple can jobs, for example, calipers, pads, and rotors, and another one for just pads and rotors? Oh, yes, definitely. We do it. We have all those 100%. Yeah. Ours are add-ons. So, and the main reason is just on the tech end of it is we have um, the set brake pad and rotor time frame package, whatever it might be. And then it's like mm -hmm. add calipers and calipers has its own predefined time, which is adjustable, obviously, depending yeah. on the car, but it's, it's its own service package so that the tech can just click on that item. It fills in the recommended action and then it brings it over to the work order. Um, just sometimes the only one like kind of why um, what we run into where we don't have Nestor that predefined is we have our front tires and our rear tires on like a separate um, topic on the inspection. And a lot of times we run into where they say mountain balance, two tires, mountain balance, two tires, but then we actually want them to mountain balance four tires. I don't, I want to make it easier for the technician that they can just click on stuff. And if you have it as like one big package, I think they almost have to then maybe click off of something to click on the other thing. And I just want to just so that they can just tap, tap, tap all the way through. Yeah. So. And um, back to, if you can see here, right. Uh, yeah. In the last 90 days, your recommendations tripled. Ah, right. uh, yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> guessing you probably have an idea as to what or no, why no, that might be. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, it, it is. It's guided mode inspection. I mean. Oh, it, I see. <laughs> <laughs> very oh, cool. You got set up for that one. You got oh, set up. Oh, I, I knew it was very coming. Cool. It's awesome. I was planning on talking about it. I mean, it, it really is. Like, it took a long time to set it up. But um, and we don't even have our entire shop doing it. We have two guys in the back out of the four that are doing guided mode inspections. And literally, it's led to 
um, a lot more recommended actions. And what I would say is it's not like they're just finding all this more stuff. It's just the inspections are more accurate. Like, I don't think that they're doing like more, like we didn't add a bunch of topics or anything like that. Right. It's just, they're not missing like the little button presses of, yes, I need four tires or yes, I need those calipers or whatever it might be. Like it's pre-filling it in. So there's less work on the service visors end to make sure that stuff's there. And the entire process is more thorough and more accurate. So I just don't want to give the impression that all of a sudden we're at like, five recommended actions now we're at 15 and our guys weren't checking the stuff very well because that that's not the case like they did that thorough it's literally just the uh the accuracy of what guided mode has brought to us yeah bill said bingo advanced approval and retention mode for the win <laughs> Sergio said process is king right so i think so, we have to talk a little bit about guided what it means um, oh okay let's go here <laughs> <laughs> um for for those who haven't um um, haven't heard about it. Um, so guided as a new mode, uh, we implemented with a new TVPX version, which is meant to make it, as the name says, easier for the tech because the, the ultimate goal is all the tech needs to do is select a condition and get guided what picture to take. And that's it and then go through all the topics one by one, it shaves off, you know, very precious time, but also very important since the notes for the customer automatically added, right? We will never run into a creative spelling or similar problems, right? But you can still over edit the notes, but in the ideal world, we were trying, we were, we were trying to approach is, the tech is just tap, picture, arrow, move. Tap, picture, arrow, move, right? It's, it's really, really uh, straightforward and, and, and simple. Setting up is not as simple, Adam alluded to it. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, easy. but the payoff um, is tremendous. Uh, on the other hand, Adam, that's the number, um, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, look at John. He's at 25 now. So he, he, he started at 10, ended up at 25 in the last 90 days. Uh, John, do you want to talk about that? Well, that's 25 guided is, also. <laughs> it's also guided. <laughs> but, you know, I want to say that it, that hasn't come with without it, some frustrations on its own. But yes, it, okay. it, it, I would say it, it is part of Guided. Um, you know, I know at first, not everybody at that shop was using Guided, but I just got a notification that now everybody is using Guided over there. Um, but yeah, it's it, there's still some things to work out through Guided. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, we, it's we, are, we are happy to do that, right? But it's uh, not gauging the efficiency level in comparison. It's gauging the recommended actions per vehicle. You right. Know? And I'm right. not saying it's like a lot less efficient, but it it does. It's it's a work in progress. Is probably okay. the best way to describe it. We will we'll take the challenge. Yeah, for sure. It's it's. Yeah. I mean, it's it's another thing that is worthwhile. Like the setup and everything like that. I I think it's worthwhile going through there and getting a guided mode inspection and getting everybody on board to do it, um, especially when it comes down to the carry forward part of it uh, here in a bit. I mean, that's going to be just something that's awesome. We take VIN sticker pictures every single time for build dates and tire sizes and all those things. 
that's a one-time thing now where we did it every single time before. So mm-hmm. there are benefits that we haven't quite seen yet um, that we will, you know, in short time. Yeah. And like Bill just mentioned, there's some things on guided, you know, that can be actions that are net or just more so notes um, and that not leading to money in every case. And we've had that same thing too. There's a lot of actions that we have set up that are just kind of notes for the customer, not necessarily actions on it. So that could be a little bit of an increase there um, as well, but yeah. you know, it is, it does take our, our text a little bit longer to do a guided inspection, but they are a little bit more accurate and a little bit more thorough uh, because of that. Uh, you know, once we get the, the last few remaining things uh, taken care of, uh, you know, with Carlo and, and get those implemented, you know, I, I think it sh- we should go back to, you know, a, a normal time of for what we had before guided on our inspection time. Mm-hmm. If not, maybe a little quicker even. Yeah, even faster. It should be. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. The goal is to, I mean, we've, we've always kind of hedged saying, you know, you do digital inspections faster than paper. Um, Correct. You know, but now the way it's set up though, it, it is like I said, a little bit more time consuming with the, the picture app opening up on everything, yeah. every single thing you're, I'm not, I don't want a picture of every little part on a car, mm-hmm. um, right. obviously. So why, you know, why does that picture app have to open up? But, you know, we're working on that. I know Carla's working on it. You guys are working on it and right. hopefully that'll get, uh, fixed sooner than later yeah. he did say a few weeks ago like a few weeks ago but i, I know, know that's all i'm saying sooner than later <laughs> oh, those are dog weeks buddy <laughs> those are dog weeks we hope we hope the message loud and clear How's that? <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm sure carlo's in the audience oh yeah. now he just dropped off I, he must be getting to work look at, look at that <laughs> just crawl underneath the bus there cracking the whip yeah. on cool um before we leave that topic, I, I want to make another, uh, unless there are questions, I, I can't see them. Well, right yeah, now. I mean, I've got a transition question from uh, Jason Yori that I want to bring in, but, uh, but you know, after this topic. I just want to uh, uh, you know, round up the topic by saying um, can jobs are no-brainers. They should be set up, and, and they also benefit in for the retention, right? And so... If you, for example, look at a service reminder like this, I blew it up, it's on mobile, right? Then the nice. the recommendations, you know, th- that's actually JR's. Um, wow, wow. Right? Well, so here for I'm, the- I'm, I'm one of his customers. I guess I have that on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should. I don't yeah. know whether your brake fluid needs <laughs> work, but... Uh, and so... Everything. It, it's really uh, highly beneficial because there's a difference in looking at just a list of technical lingo you might not understand or whether the the pictures from the inspection which which made the approval happen or in this case was declined will be repeated. The only thing I would say which is missing here is on a phone, you would click on it and then you see something like this and the note is missing, right? The note is gone. And, and so we highly recommend uh, do picture uh, captions, by the way, and guided, they're automatically created. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then it's a, 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 an impacting, lasting impact uh, on the customer. So, so in summary, um, if you want to measure 
how the back and the front works together, the three crucial KPIs. And, and I'm now talking inspection send rate and inspection rate and picture editing, all that is already in the bank, right? You, you, you're a professional at this and there's no discussion about it anymore. This is the next step where looking at number of recommendations, estimate to recommendation rate and sales to estimate rate are the three um, tremendously important KPIs to watch because that will allow you to see um, how well they work together. And as we've shown in JR's case, if everything is in balance, the AOO goes up. There is no doubt about it. Um, and if the CAN jobs are set up correctly, the service reminders will contain all the inspection results in, in a way that the customer gets reminded, oh, this dirty air filter has not gotten clean in the last six months um, and, and approve the jobs from the service reminder uh, much more easily. Cool. So real quick, I got a couple questions before we move on. Uh, Phyllis Thiemann is asking, how long does it take to set up guided and is there help? And where do I find the help? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I tracked my hours and it was between 25 to 30 hours, honestly. Um, maybe more, but for sure that time frame. Yeah, I would say ours was probably a little bit more just because I had more work to do to set mine up towards guided. I had to move a lot of actions and conditions around and topics around, um, which created a whole nother big mess of problems. Um, but ours was probably actually double that just because I had to pretty much redo my whole entire inspection and move move things around. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it, it was worth it after it's all said and done. It was definitely frustrating at the time. I oh, think yeah. <laughs> part of why John um, spent probably more time than I did is he went back to his inspections and literally took pictures off of prior inspections to use as the example picture. I went on to Google, grabbed some pictures, did some Photoshopping, <laughs> made it fit the you know window size and kind of went from there. So that was a lot quicker than going back through the previous inspections to find what picture I wanted. Yeah, I mean, that, I would say that probably did help you, you know, but, you know, one of the things you brought up is you have to have the, the picture a certain exact size, otherwise yeah. it won't take it, and that was pretty frustrating at times yeah. doing that, uh, that uh, trying to find that that right spot, uh, you know, that happy medium where that picture still looks good and is the right size. Right. For anybody yeah, we, that's taking it on, download, I have a program that I use, it's free, paint.net. Um, if you put your canvas size at the aspect ratio that it's calling for on the inspection, you can copy pictures into that and then kind of format them that way, and then they're good. So it just speeds the process up a lot. I, I want to mention two, two things, actually. So, yes, we learned from this, and we are contemplating building a whole picture library, which you just select from select, yeah. and, and, and then done. The other thing is there is an Auto Vitals guided default inspection. So if you start out and don't have a, a history of trying to use your previous inspection, you can just start with that. And then it works right off the bat to test, you know, what the benefits are 
Yeah, or get and, you started. At least start getting some technician feedback so you know right. what edits you should make. Because nothing worse than spending that 25 hours and then coming back in the text. Go, hey, this is worthless. It should have went left to right instead of right to left. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? So uh, good idea to get it in their hands and get the feedback first. and then Yeah, I think, though, with, you know, playing the other side of the coin, um, just going to say is that that's great for, like, new shops or somebody right. who just wants to literally start from scratch. Right. But if you... If you do that, you're starting over completely with your can jobs, your um, inspection history, you know, all that stuff, the carry forward portion of it, like that's all starting from scratch again. So it's probably worth the time, in my opinion, just to like take your own inspection and stick the time into doing that because you would create a whole different can of worms by starting over. I would agree. No doubt about it. You know, especially, you know, for shops like, you know, Adam and myself, you have had that history and created all these canned jobs, you know, that could be even more specific to vehicles or just to our shop. Um, and we didn't want to lose those. So that's why we added our inspection instead of using the, the pre-built guided inspection that was there. Yep, for sure. Cool. Jeff Newton is saying his uh, input, some inspection points need to be able to skip the pictures. <laughs> yep, but that is in the works. That's one of the things yes. I've been hammering Carlo on. <laughs> so yeah, that's what he was talking about with Carlo. And then you can go into the Facebook forum and look at that whole dog fight. I stay well, there's, there's, a, there's a lot more than that on the dog I fight. I stay away from it. <laughs> you got to be prepared to brawl, Jeff, if you get in there. Um, we're saying Sean raised his hand, and uh, I'm wondering, Sean, do you have a question you like? Because I can open your microphone, buddy, and you can ask it live on the air. So I'll, I'll give you a second. If you keep your hand up, I'm going to bring you in live. Um, but while we're doing that, Ken's asking, just getting started with uh, Auto Vitals and Protractor Combination. I'm curious as to how long it took John and Adam to get the initial services, your initial can jobs mapped over to your inspections uh, beyond the initial provided setup. Uh, initially, you know, I'd say I probably spent close to 20 to 30 hours uh, initially, but you know, I'm also very meticulous and I want to make sure everything's uh, there and 100% right. Um, so it's it took me some time just because of that. That's probably quicker than it was when John and I did it yeah, though, yeah, at the time. Like, definitely. we didn't have a quick upload 15 minutes later, the service package that you wanted came over. It was like an overnight, okay, I want this service package. Gosh, I can't assign it to the right can job on our inspection. I had to wait for that overnight update and then now I can go back there and do that. So um, it would be quicker now, I would I would think because of that. Yeah, and I think it, especially with Auto Vitals and Protractor because I think they have a default library that most of the people are getting right. um, versus you know me, I was the first shop with Auto Vitals and Protractor. So it took me a long time uh, to move that over. And then Adam probably made the mistake because I allowed him to copy my database. So he had to go in there and scrub a lot of notes, uh, that I had built into my packages. Um, yeah, that probably like took more time website. than he should. He had like his website and the footer notes and stuff like that. So I'm like, yeah, I don't need that necessarily <laughs> on there, <laughs> but I mean, it's still like protractor has a good database of jobs already there. So I mean, don't think it's like this crazy undertaking that's like, oh my God, I'm not yeah. even going to try to do that. Um, you know, when you go to it, you go through the editing and inspection part of it through the AutoVitals software or website. And I mean, you make your conditions of a dirty air filter and then you go to the search and then you type in air filter and there's your, you know, there's your can job. So 
you know, aligning that stuff, it's not, I mean, it's just how thorough you want to be. Like if you're not as thorough as myself or John would be, you might take five or 10 hours doing it, but we are extremely anal with this stuff. And that's why it takes 30 or 35 hours. I mean, I have a yellow condition for my air filter and I have a red condition for my air filter. And those are two different conditions, but they lead to the same can job. I mean, it's just how far do you want to go with it? Yeah. And I would agree. And that's, but the, the thing though, is the more thorough you are, the better your inspections could be, which could lead to the recommended actions going up and your estimate to recommendation rate going up. So they kind of go hand in hand there. Yep. And, and it's and some of that, ahead. like some of that, the way that we set it up is worth, you know, at least I am as I'm forward thinking about, okay, based on those conditions that are there, how does it, how does it view in order for the customer on their inspection? But then also how does it go in order when I update it on the work order? So like, I like to present the dollar values and the jobs that are needed from here's your highest priority down to the bottom. So that's why I have a few extra conditions because then it appears correctly on the customer view on the inspection, but then it also updates correctly on the work order. We're not dragging and dropping jobs to get in a specific order of what we think they should first spend their money on and kind of down from there. Obviously you want to try to sell everything, but you know, customers want to know like what things should I do first? What things can I wait on? And our inspection kind of leads into putting that stuff in the right order anyway. And, and I really want to emphasize what John said um, after um, John's experience and, and others, we, we started working with Scott thoroughly uh, to build a database. When you sign up for Protractor, you get basically um, a can job library, which has already the job codes in there to map uh, the Elder Vitals uh, default inspection, right? And thanks to Bill um, as well. So you really can start, um, if you have never heard of it and you just started with Protractor, um, reach out to Scott and ask um, for it. Yeah, buddy, that's a perfect segue because I want to touch on that Ken Anderson post in the Facebook form a little bit, uh, you know, for Protractor users in the audience. And if you're not on Protractor, you know, and you got questions specific to your point of sale, don't don't think we're just, you know, favoring Protractor. Throw in your questions too. Ask them. We got plenty of people in here that are using all types of point of sales to point in the right direction, help you out. And I might even know something. I think Google might know a little bit too. Um, so don't 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 be shy. Uh, but real quick, uh, as a transition, I want to bring in Jason Yori's question. You know, he's been real patient. It was the first question we caught this morning. But he's saying they're transitioning into auto vitals, so they're new. And he's wondering how people address the pinpoint inspections that are sold after the initial inspection is done. Um, you know, example, a cooling system inspection or something very specific. Adam, I think this is more kind of up your alley because you guys do more of this than I think we do the way our process works. But... Sure. So we have one base inspection and it has different levels in which it goes. So like our level one inspection is a basic like light checks, fluid checks, all those things. Cooling system, you know, check is there if we see any fluid leaks or anything like that. 
Then we have a level two that's a little bit more like under car, take wheels off, load test steering suspension and kind of go from there, but it's all one inspection. Um, as far as like if there is a fluid leak noted or some type of cooling system issue from the base inspection, that is just a new service package that's added to the work order. And then our technicians make their notes, take their pictures, videos, whatever it might be on just the work order line item. They're not going back to the inspection and updating it there. It's, it's all on that service package. Um, there is times where we, the stuff kind of overlaps a little bit, meaning like today, somebody came in and we were doing like a brake inspection and then it was like a rotor warpage and grinding issue and, and all those things. So sometimes the service package on the work order to check that issue, there's like notes and pictures there, but then they'll also say like C inspection. So then you go into the other inspection and then kind of some of those notes are there as well. And it does duplicate the information, but it does carry it forward that you can just look at that inspection again the next time around. So I guess for me, I would would um, suggest just having like that base inspection. If you have a secondary inspection, that's great. But the reason that we don't do it is because I don't want to get like two different emails, two different links, some of those inspections to be lost. I like to just keep it contained within the one initial inspection. So thinking down the road and we've not done this is there's like, you can have like five different columns of information. I would probably make a third or a fourth column for check engine light diagnostics and your checks that you want them to do for every check engine light diagnostics. And if the cooling system was on its own column or whatever, like make another column for that stuff, but keep it in the same inspection. I'm sure other shops would probably suggest to do it a different way, but that's just how, whatever approach you want to do. If you want to keep it contained within one or you want to have separate inspections, you just got to kind of decide on that. Yeah. And Jason's follow-up is what about QC inspections after service? Yeah, that can be um, part of the base inspection, or you can have a completely different inspection. Um, kind of the same principle is, is like another column for just quality control. And then it would be, I would personally put a service package, whether it was Protractor, RO Writer, or any of the other ones, there would be a job specific that was added um, to every work order for quality control and that somebody signed off on that and said it was 100% done. If you wanted as part of your inspection that they physically touch Yes, I look for greasy fingerprints. Yes, I look for any tools or anything like that. Um, I took it for a test drive, whatever. Yeah, definitely have that as an inspection that they have to mark it good, 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 you know, down the list. Um, but I would personally add it as a service package on the work order for them to, them to do later. And that would be something that you could probably tie an inspection to based off that service package or a special marker. I think you can do it that way. Okay. Um, if you want them to specifically do that is that would be its own inspection, but I don't know that you necessarily have to have a quality control inspection as part of a, what was wrong with my vehicle last time I was in? I want to address those items. I don't think it necessarily needs to tie back to that type of stuff. Yeah, we do it as a, as a work order line. We have a quality control work order line and we don't have an inspection for it. Um, you know, the technicians that we do have doing quality control um, is mainly our two shop foremans. We do have two other A-level techs that do quality control of some of the other vehicles. That's all built into our standard operating procedures. And so they know what they're supposed to check every single time. Does some stuff get missed? Yes, we are human. So, you know, having that inspection could ensure that they it doesn't get missed. But, you know, they, they know what they're supposed to be checking, you know, through our standard operating procedures on that. So that's why we don't have an inspection. 
tied to our quality control. Yeah, and Tony Funnerberg is saying that they do it separately and it's an internal inspection, so it's not counted in the KPIs. So there, you know, that's another optional setup Correct. for you too. Uh, and Bill's saying that, you know, the QC inspection can be internal, but it's great to have QC line on an order so customers see that it's been done. And that's mm -hmm. a great point uh, is that you want to look at that, you know, fully, the full customer experience. Uh, thank you. That was a great point and a great question. You know, really appreciate that. Sean's saying, you know, we got another, we got a, some, some, some newbies in here, which is great, man, because something's happening to where, you know, you, you know, you're in the right place. Pat yourself on the back, Sean. Pat yourself on the back, Jeff. Pat yourself on the back. Anybody who's found this place, this is where you want to be. F friend these guys on the Facebook forum. Anybody who's in this audience right now today, right? Tony, Frank Scandura, Bill Connor, you know, all, all these folks, Sergio, because, uh, hey, you know what? You can do it hard or, or, you, could, or you could do it smart. It looks like you already uh, figured that part out. Uh, and you're and you're making the right uh, connections early, and it's going to help you tremendously. Um, also, I wanted to bring uh, Jeff's question back in. Also, Jeff had made a comment. He said, "Hey, the next big ad is getting recommended maintenance schedules available on the iPads or on the tablets." So, who wants to? That one's teed up. Who wants to swing? Who wants to hit the fences with that one? <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I'm sure Bill's already typing too. <laughs> well honestly that's like i mean you you don't necessarily have to have like a spot where you have like a predefined maintenance schedule like for us we have maintenance you know do that type of topic on our inspection and it's actually kind of nice how it works out like the guys will say this vehicle has one hundred five thousand miles on it they'll take a look at like, does it look like the ignition coil is ever taken off? Or if it has spark plug wires, do they look like OEM spark plug wires? And they take a picture of it and then they make a note on there that spark plugs are likely due based off of maintenance. Um, yep. We don't necessarily pull a spark plug out when we haven't been authorized by the customer to do so. But there's, you know, there's little reminders or those little nuggets of potential upsell type things that you can put in there um, and they can just mark them off. And the technicians are smart, like they know, that a tune up on such and such vehicles usually around a hundred thousand miles or 80,000 miles or a timing belts do it a hundred thousand miles. Like they know a rough idea of when it's due. Do we need to pinpoint it down to the exact mileage? Probably not. Cause if you're around that area, why not start talking about it at least? Yeah. Bill's follow up is OEM recs are great condition based inspection uh, based on actual skilled techs uh, recommendations is even greater. Um, and Sean's follow-up is we are currently working on our own custom inspection. We work on heavy, medium, and light duty diesel trucks only. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's fantastic, right? Is you're going to have exactly that as your own, you know, specific inspection to your operation. And, um, you know, as you go through and set that up and then build that out, and then you can also share that. So I would recommend Sean, take a look in the inspection library. There's a lot of heavy duty inspections, you know, like a template, think of it as a template that's been shared by other heavy duty guys and give you some good insight and a good place to jump off from. I'm curious to what uh, Uva was going to talk about with. Uh... Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I have a theory and, and it might not be prime time yet for it, but I have seen already um, a lot of signs uh, that this is going to be successful. Actually, we know from Bruce Nation that he is already using what I'm going to share with you. And it's piggybacking on, on Adam a little bit. 
um, maintenance intervals become kind of obsolete or harder to convey if vehicles like Honda or BMWs don't have any more, right? Because everything is a service minder on the dashboard. Some light goes on B2 service, right? And in this way, it takes the a little bit your power away as an independent and but, but we have such a great replacement, which is the inspection. But it's so much easier, in my opinion, putting myself in the motorist's shoes to get told whatever this engine computer is calculating right now can be not as good as us doing a real inspection of your car. And don't worry, we take care of this too. So it's much, in my opinion, much easier because also the, the result is so compelling because there is visuals of an inspection I can look at, right? To simply say, um, we would like to sign you up for an inspection schedule. And it's up to you once a year we do it, it's free if you follow our recommendations. If you don't follow our recommendations, you might have to come in more often to fix things, right? So, so the maintenance service in the wall becomes an inspection in the wall. And by the way, I haven't invented any of this. The OEMs do that already. When, when I bought a new car, I got my first warning sign and was an inspection warning sign, right? So the, M's, the OEMs do it already. I think this is a perfect replacement for a maintenance interval. It's visual, it's very clear what's being done. And I can take a result home and say, this is the health of my car. That's why we recommend call it vehicle health inspection, not complementary inspection indicating it's free. Hmm. Right? Yeah. And we're just doing it to find work, right? right no, right. no, right? It's a vehicle health inspection. That's my two cents, maybe, maybe four. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah, there's a certain level of customer investment that we look for in some of our inspection items to then take it to the next level. Not from a, we're looking for dollars and cents and stuff like that, but just a, are you interested in finding more about maintenance schedules? Are you interested in thinking that your vehicle might need more than just what a lifetime transmission fluid is calling for? Case in point, Jeep Grand Cherokees, I think Dodge Durango is the same type of thing. They have this lifetime transmission fluid, but if you've ever actually taken a sample of those transmission fluids out at 50, 60, 70,000 miles, they look like burnt. <laughs> and, well, it's the, yeah, it's the lifetime of that transmission. Yeah, exactly. But that, so like, are we going off of the dealership's principles of what we should be doing for maintenance? Are we doing off of pro service or shirts auto or an auto vitals customer? Like we do these things because we are better than the dealership. Or are we just trying to align with the dealership? So for us at 50,000 miles, if we've have no history of doing a service, uh, transmission fluid service, we suggest a 
Um, if it has a dipstick, we're going to check it anyway. That's easy. Yeah. But if it has just a side plug, we got to drain a sample out. Hey, it's a quarter hour for a technician. We may or, you know, we'll probably have a small base charge for doing so for the customer. If they end up doing a transmission fluid service, if we have to wipe that cost away, whatever, but it's getting their engagement to spend maybe 20 or 30 bucks to actually check their fluid if we have to spend a decent procedure for draining a sample of it out and then actually giving them a visual of here's what new fluid looks like, here's what old fluid looks like. You can kind of take it from there. I don't care that it says it's lifetime fluid. This is literally what we're looking at. So yeah. it's getting that engagement from the customer to then move them to the next level. Yeah. So guys, we got four minutes left. Uh, I mean, time flies, you know, when you got the expert panel of experts, what can I say? Uva thought this first segment would go 10 minutes. So, you know. I'm fine um, for a little pass. I don't know about you guys or John or anything like that. Cause there's still a few questions that are, yeah. you know, kind yeah, that's of what I, pressing. that's what I was just exactly going to say. So fire in your questions right now. Uh, you know, if you got anything left that, that we haven't gotten to yet, um, you know, I'll start them off. Sergio's asking is every using the CRM feature for exit scheduling? Me, everyone meaning John and Adam? Yes, we do use the CRM feature, you know, for exit scheduling. Are we good at it? No, um, that is something we need to improve on. Something that I have talked to my service directors last week in our meeting, and we'll talk again tonight in our meeting uh, about that. So um, yeah, that is an area where we are weak on, but we do use the CRM next um, feature but we're just uh, haven't actually followed through hundred percent with it. But yeah, that is some, an area that I, like I said, we are working on ourselves. Even the expert panel of experts have areas to improve. Yep. Always the same. I mean, exit yeah, scheduling isn't, it, it sounds like an easy principle, but then to actually get it implemented or to have people feel comfortable about it. Um, you know, the service advisors feel comfortable at doing it when they've never done it in their entire career. I mean, it takes time. It's not just going to happen overnight. So without a doubt, we use the, the electronic portion of it with reminders 30 days Correct. out and everything like that. 100% we use that end of it. And we get people that come back on account of those reminders, but us yeah. physically doing it at the point of closing the, you know, closing the deal today, not great. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, and think of it, you know, you really start to soft close, you really start to introduce it at the approval stage, right? If you say, hey, here's your options, but we can always get you on the calendar, you know, when you pick your vehicle up and, 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 and you know, get you a spot for next week, next month, whatever it is. And you start to just set the expectation that they're gonna, there's options and that they're gonna come back. So then at the, at, you know, it's not that big, oh gosh, do I ask them, you know, do I try to get, it's just, it's assumed. It's just like when you leave the doctor or the dentist, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, you don't run past that front counter. You stop there every single time and you expect to do it. Uh, and that's kind of the expectation that you can set over time in your shop. You condition your customers that it's a cycle. It's not a straight line transaction. Um, real quick, I wanted to mention this because I think it's brilliant. Uh, Bill Connor had added when we were talking about, um, um, you know, conditions is to say one uh, important question, Mr. Or Mrs. Customer, will you share your long-term plans for this vehicle with me? Right. That's another really solid piece to build into that service advisor as you're doing your kind of your due diligence, your discovery, as it were, 
uh, with your customers, right? Because it might just be, you know, this might just be a beater I'm using for a week or two and I could care less. And so that's really going to put you back on your heels if you're trying to sell them these $1,500 tickets. Um, Sean's asking, do, do you guys charge for inspections? We do have three levels of inspections. We do have our vehicle health inspection, which is pretty comprehensive that we do not charge for. Um, we do have a second level we call our annual health inspection that does go a little bit deeper into it, you know, pulling wheels off, measuring brakes that way, um, doing a few other things too. And then we do our, have our, what we call our high level that a lot of people call a pre-purchase inspection and we call it a total true evaluation. Um, that goes even a lot further deeper into it. Um, so we do have three levels, two of them we do charge for. Uh, how often do we sell them? Uh, this week alone, I think we've sold two annuals and I think one total true, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's probably do get three or four a week at least. Um, and that does adds to, you know, our bottom line in essence. And I know Adam, I think has a couple different levels of inspections too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, basically three levels, kind of almost the exact same thing. Our level two is, is basically that undercar, wheel off, load test, steering suspension. Um, some of those inspections are built into the pricing of our service packages, meaning if somebody has a clunk, they um, get the level one and level two with that. So the wheels are often load tested. So that level or that clunk might be a 0 0.3, 0 0.4, 0 0.5 diagnostic fee or at whatever the rate is. And then the tech gets a quarter hour for the vehicle and, you know, the level one inspection that we do on every vehicle. And then the level two is automatically something that they do with that because they should be taking the wheels off there in those types of situations anyway. Um, the level two is like a $29.99 type tire rotation brake inspection fee. And, you know, when we do like, when it leaves the brakes, sometimes you credit that back. Um, it just kind of depends. I give the service advisors their, you know, leniency to decide when they need to do certain things to close a sale so we don't, you know, lose something or whatever. But nonetheless, is those levels of inspection have helped us a lot for that type of work. Yeah. And, you know, and I'll tell you, Bruce Nation, you know, put a bug in my ear one, you know, a couple of years back and I thought it was a brilliant idea and I still do is to say you set the expectation that, hey, you know what, this, uh, this vehicle health checkup is normally a hundred dollar service, $150, whatever you want to call it. It has to be updated, maintained regularly because conditions change on your vehicle. If you come back regularly for your recommended maintenance visits, we update that at no charge. If you don't, we're going to have to charge you the $100, $150 to get it updated uh, if you're skipping. So it really is a great way to set the expectation that there's value there in it and you're giving that value. And then also that um, you know, it's so important that it has to be updated and has to be maintained. You have to commit to it. And if you don't, there's a cost to that. Uh, and it really can kind of set the expectation for that schedule we were just talking about and help you with the retention, uh, you know, folks at least coming in to get their inspection updated and it works. You've had people book appointments just to come in and get their inspection updated and <laughs> not even really have a, you know, maybe there's a little ticking noise I'm curious about, but please inspect my vehicle and get that updated. And that's a huge benefit for you. Uh, if you can work that expectation into your process. That's awesome. I really like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, to answer uh, Tony there, um, my yeah, pricing thanks. on my inspections. Yeah. Jumping the gun there for you. Um, our standard inspection is 0.3. You know, that's our vehicle health inspection. No charge on that. Uh, our next level up our annual health inspection. We flag our te text 0.6. 
It's normally $99.99, but if you do it with the price of it, if you do it with your oil change today, it's $79.99. And then our, uh, our uh, total true evaluation is, you know, 200 bucks. But if you do it with the oil change today, or if we're doing a uh, clunk, you know, test inspect on it also, we'll do it for $149.99. And that's 1.2 is what we flag our text on that. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. And, and Tony was also asking, you know, she puts a recommend, uh, recommended maintenance with, uh, when the due by age, such as timing belts, into future recommendations. How are others using statuses in this case? Yeah, we do it the same thing. You know, it's if you get 90,000 miles on a Honda, we'll recommend the timing belt, but it'll be doing it. We'll, we have a preset set up, do future if it's, you know, based on the mileage there and the tech just chooses you know, how many miles does the vehicle have? Is it a future or, or is it overdue? Um, and then it automatically set up through the inspection. Yeah. I actually don't like that. And here's why. It's it's not, not because it's bad. <laughs> it's just, I think there's potentially a better option. Um, I don't love future attention type stuff for that because at what point does it sw switch from future to now we should do it right now? Yeah. So I like to have it stand out by a different color. Ours, ours is currently blue. It has a completely different color, completely different icon for it. And it mm -hmm. says, this is the stuff that's due based on your mileage. It's not mm -hmm. something that we maybe physically saw and or checked, but based off a of mileage due, you should be doing it at this point coming up pretty quick. I mean, if it's future attention and you're gonna market yellow, are we 10,000 miles away from this actually be doing based off of maintenance mileage? Maybe, but then, you know, at some point, like there's gotta be a change in urgency if you market that way, rather than continuing to say future attention because you're putting that idea in their head that it's always gonna be future then. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, real quick. Also, before the show ends, get into the chat. Sergio, being the awesome dude that Sergio is, put a link to their uh, customer interview. They have it, uh, uh, they, they text it out, and he's got the script that he linked in there so that you can take a look at that and, you know, edit that for your operation. So, huge thank you, Sergio, uh, and all of your awesomeness, buddy. I, I want to I wanna ask a question about going back to exit scheduling. Now with text to pay and a more contactless service, yeah. would you consider doing something like the following? They get the invoice to be paid and you take 5% off if they schedule the next appointment. Oh yeah. Something like that. You want to save 5%? Yeah, I'm on this appointment now. Um, that is something that, that we are thinking about is what, what can we offer the client right. as an incentive to schedule now at the, at the time, um, versus, you know, not, not doing it. So, I mean, yeah, that is something that I think we would possibly consider. Um, you know, we'd have to maybe put a limit on that 5%, you know, I'm not, gonna, yeah. you know, well, on well, that, well, maybe, maybe no 20 show, bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. right. And then, and right. No yeah. What's the incentive for the customer? Yes. And that is right. you know, it's definitely in our notes. That's something, you know, my directors and I have talked about. Um, and that's, uh, yeah. You have to be careful. Bill said 5% with a cap of X in case they need an engine. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so a great you, have point. Be, you have to be careful with it though. Um, just my opinion. There's a shop in town that I'm, you know, is a competitor of mine that is always 
luring customers in with some type of special. So A, you condition your customers into thinking that they're always going to get a discount. And B, you're attracting customers that are always looking for discounts. So it, I would rather try some type of process that's going to lead to that ex exit scheduling being better than offering a discount. Like I would like to try it a different avenue first. If all else fails, then maybe go the discount route. But I think there maybe could be a better option than that. For me and John, it's just trying. <laughs> yeah. No, I, no I, 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 I don't want to replace your process. I'm just saying the more contactless it happens, you have to do yeah. what you don't do yes. at the counter then on the phone, which is a lot harder, right? For sure. Then if you have already a motorist interaction when they pay, which releases the keys to and pick up the car, right? You can use that phone engagement. And yeah. that was just one idea, right? Yeah. <clears throat> hey, real quick before we get over, Tony's asking, uh, is there any, a way to do a campaign and search, you know, filter by shop uh, by vehicles that have not had an inspection in one year so not necessarily a visit but an inspection uh, currently there's not but that would be probably yeah. a, a, a non-complicated feature request yeah, i like that hashtag feature request on you know where it goes <laughs> <laughs> who's got nothing to do anyway um, and then real quick, Quinn Gear uh, is asking, uh, what digital inspection program are you using that carries the last inspection forward, question mark? <laughs> that would be Auto Vitals. <laughs> but only on guided mode. So, yes. I, you know, Quinn, I, I mean, it sounds, you know, amazing, and but it, it, it yeah, we're, we're the only ones in the industry that are doing that right now. I'm sure many are trying to chase it, but, uh, and it's been, you know, I mean, it's been a work in progress. These guys will tell you. But it's gotten because of, I got to tell you, because of the Turbo Group and because of the work Bill and Uva and John and Adam and everybody, Frank and, you know, huge support and help. Uh, it went from it went from a, a hair pulling exercise into something that's extremely valuable. And you do have to have the guided on to take advantage of that. But um, talk to your advisor if you're not a Vitals customer and they'll get you pointed in the right direction and it's uh, invaluable once the technicians get used to it. And that's what we were talking about. That's how you really trim that inspection down into like a laser scalpel. You're just, you're just doing what needs to be documented today and everything else, like taking that VIN picture or the tire rating picture, you don't have to do it every single time. Right? It's a huge benefit and your techs will love it. So uh, yep. check into that, but thanks for the question. Yeah, there's, there's pictures and notes that we are taking now that honestly we weren't taking before because of efficiency and trying to keep things rolling. But now knowing that we, it's a, like a one-time thing and it carries it forward every single time, now I'm like, okay, just please invest this time right away. It helps the tech, it helps the service visor tremendously with some of the stuff, just like, just just do it the one time and then, then you're done. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no more excuses. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you couldn't do before because like, if I have to require my guys to take a picture of that or take a note of that or anything like that every single time, at what point does your inspection just get to be so long that like it's not efficient anymore? Right, right, right. Yep, you're always balancing that. So I got to tell you guys, we're 10 minutes over. I mean, this is an awesome show. Uh, feedback in here was fantastic. Thank you everybody for attending. Thank you for your great questions. Thank you, John and Adam for your, and, and Bill and Uva and Sergio and, and Tony and everybody in there, uh, you know, for your help and for, um, you know, your guidance. And, um, you know, again, to the, to the new folks, 
Uh, I mean, you found somehow you found it, you, the right spot. Whoever told you to come in here, thank them because this is gonna this is gonna turbocharge. You just hit the nitrous button when it comes to you know success with this program, getting the most out of it. Get into the Facebook form and get registered in there. Friend all these guys and follow them because uh, you know it's pretty pretty hard to find a you know mentors nowadays that uh you know don't want something from you and and these people give all day long to help other digital shop operators be successful uh so take full advantage of that tune in next wednesday we're gonna have dennis eidson from uh honest one in roswell georgia coming on and it's you know i'm really excited to meet with this guy you know why because you can just see he's been with us just a little over a year now and this is a guy who who he'll and, and i don't want to steal his thunder and he's going to tell you directly but he feels he's just getting started. When you look at his data, this is a guy you can tell they just followed the plan. <laughs> and that's why I want to have him on because they didn't try to reinvent the wheel. They didn't try to, you know, question the stuff that these guys have put before them and proved before them. They jumped in and, and just followed the plan. And the results are pretty, pretty outstanding uh, for a year in. And we're going to talk to Dennis about what's coming up next. Uh, because like I said, he feels like he's just getting started and he ain't doing enough. Uh, and so it's going to be a really good, uh, really good conversation with them. Uh, next Wednesday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Until then, get in there and get registered in that Facebook forum. Continue that discussion. If you didn't get your question asked on the air, well, you got to type faster. But you still have a second chance because you can get it asked into the Facebook forum. We're going to add this as a regular recurring episode. Uh, so keep sending those questions in because this was awesome and just as we build up or some good juicy topics and questions from you uh we'll schedule another uh ask us anything episode and invite these expert panel of experts back in to help get clarity and answer those questions again gentlemen i cannot thank you enough and i know the folks out in this audience and the people who will be watching this recording in the future are going to be helped tr tremendously uh from from what we did here today uh so thank you on their behalf as well Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank you, John. Thank you, Adam. Yep. Thank you, everyone. Yep. We'll see you next week.